It's finally time. We're talking about Dustin Brown on today's episode of Locked on Kings. Plus, we're getting to meet a new friend on today's show. So stick around. We've got lots of cool things coming right at you today on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, you're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making today's show your first listen of the day or your first listen of when you open your podcast app or, you know, whatever floats your boat. On today's show, we're talking Dustin Brown. I figured uh, I don't want to talk about Dustin Brown just at myself, at you. I figured it's more fun to have a conversation. And so we're going to do that today with a special guest who I'm going to bring on right now. It worked. The magic of technology. On today's show, we have got uh, a brand new guest, brand new friend of the program here on Locked on Kings. We've got Eddie Garcia, who is joining us today uh, to talk all about the Kings, Dustin Brown, the season, and uh, whatever else comes to mind. You can hear Eddie on Fox Fox Sports Radio Network. You can hear him on the Puck Podcast, Talking Hockey. And today you can hear him on Locked on Kings. So, Eddie, since this is your first time on the show, first off, welcome. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us today on the show. Why don't you tell uh, all of our listeners slash viewers slash whatever uh, a little bit about you and what you do and uh, what your sports media life looks like? Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here and uh, excited to uh, talk a little bit about uh, my favorite team, the Los Angeles Kings. Um, I've, I've been in sports media for over 25 years. Uh, I've been in sports talk radio for a little over 23 years. I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network for a little over 20 years. So, um, you know, got a lot of experience working in the business. Um, you know, I grew up in Central California. I've been living here in Los Angeles now uh, for about the past 23 years. So I've actually uh, been in, in L.A. longer than I have where I grew up. So this does kind of feel like home now. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I grew up just being a sports junkie, uh, around 10 years old. I remember I really got bit by the sports bug. If I wasn't outside playing with my friends, I was watching sports, uh, or, you know, I had my, my room was plastered with posters and all that kind of typical thing, I guess, of a young boy who's into sports. And, you know, it it just kind of seemed like I needed to get a job in that, you know, try, try and follow a passion so you can have a job that you enjoy. Uh, I went to uh, Fresno State, uh, you know, a university in Central California, um, got a degree in, in, in broadcast journalism, um, worked at a few radio stations there, and then eventually came to L.A., worked for Fox Sports uh, behind the scenes on the television side. But my, my heart and my roots were in radio. The Fox Sports uh, radio network uh, started up, and there were people there that I knew, and one thing leads to another. And so I've been, I've been, been very lucky to be able to talk about sports as a career for uh, for many years now, which has been amazing. Um, I did not grow up, obviously, a hockey fan. I was mm-hmm. born in Hawaii, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> raised in California, so I have no connection to the sport of hockey at all. Um, but in the 90s, when I was in college, my roommate was a big hockey fan. He was an LA Kings fan. At the time, there was only one hockey team in California. Uh, Wayne Gretzky had recently come to the Kings. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to get into hockey because 
I think for me, unlike a lot of people, not knowing about the sport intrigued me. I think some mm -hmm. people are afraid of that. They don't want to learn something new. I don't really understand blue line icing. I'm not going <laughs> to invest the time in it. But it, it, it intrigued me. And um, so I, I started following it more. And I came to realize I really like this sport. It's got all the major elements of the three major sports that I grew up with. It's got the back and forth offense, defense mm -hmm. of basketball, the hand-eye coordination of baseball, and the physical violence of football. Mm -hmm. And so the first year I decided I'm really going to invest my time in the Kings and watch them. And by the way, uh, if, if you're in Southern California, you probably remember the old prime ticket. Um, we got that in Fresno. Uh, we Because like I said, there was only one hockey team. And so I was able to actually watch all the Kings games all season. So anyway, 20 or excuse me, 92-93 was the first year I started the season. And little did I know mm -hmm. that they would make this amazing run to the Stanley Cup final. My heart would be broken <laughs> in the series against Montreal. But, you know, game seven in Toronto, Gretzky with the hat trick. And experiencing playoff hockey with a rooting interest sold me on hockey for life. My love for the sport has grown ever since, year by year. Like I said, fortunately, I came to L.A., getting to see the Kings in person, getting to see them win two Stanley Cups, being there in the arena when that happened. Um, and, and I actually play hockey twice a week. Uh, I, I've been playing for probably 20 years now. Still not very good, but love it. And it's just amazing where, you know, where I came from and where mm -hmm. I am now, how much hockey is a part of my life, how much I love it. So the whole notion that you have to be from a certain place or you have to grow mm -hmm. up with a certain history of the sport to be to be a huge hockey fan and love it is not true i'm living proof <laughs> that's always that's been one of my favorite things too about you know king's fans like just covering the team getting to know people around the team is you know it, it's such a fan base of people who yeah aren't the people who grew up with hockey they didn't grow up with the backyard pond like the you know stereotypical canadian kid and it's you know people are so passionate about this team about building hockey uh, in, in the Southern California area. I love every time I'm out there, um, you know, anytime I see youth hockey out there, just seeing so many little kids from, you know, all areas of the state, all walks of life who are getting into hockey. And, um, you know, for, for you, you, you know, Wayne Gretzky growing up with him, for me on the other end of the country, you know, I, like I was, you know, Wayne Gretzky was not quite before my time, but he, you know, in Pittsburgh, you didn't talk about Wayne Gretzky. You talked about Mario Lemieux, Yarmory Yager, where I grew up. Uh, and so it's always neat getting to see people who were like in, in the Gretzky years. And that is what drew them into hockey and to, to hear, you know, yeah, I started watching it like you, like surprise Stanley cup final appearance uh, in kind of the first year you committed. I, I have a couple other friends who are in that same boat of, yeah, let's just get into this team that's out here. And then, Oh, surprise, here we go. Um, and and it, it's just been so great to see, um, to see people really embrace this team and stick with it, even though, you know, there were a lot of dark years um, yeah. you know, before Gretzky, after Gretzky, after yeah. the Stanley Cup. I, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know when I followed them that first year that it would be 15 years and they only had one <laughs> playoff series win. Mm -hmm. But of course uh, all paid off. And, you know, the, yeah. you know, my wife, my wife is a gigantic, Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers fan, mm. and she's had oh, a ton of yeah. she's had a ton of heartache. And I try to tell her, man, when they win it though, when you've been with them all this time, mm -hmm. it's going to be so much sweeter 
than yeah. if someone just jumped on the bandwagon. No, no offense to those people. I know a lot of people in, in 2012 were like, oh, these bandwagon fans. I was mm -hmm. like, welcome, bring, yeah. it, come, bring it on. As long as yeah. you stick with us, if, it doesn't matter where you jump on, you know, on the journey. Just once you get here, just be with us. Don't be a fair weather fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's with seeing that cup in 2012 and then again in 2014, it really was very sweet. All those tough times made it that much more enjoyable. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk a little bit about 2012 coming up in a minute because, like I said, uh, it's time to talk about Dustin Brown, who hung it up, uh, hung up the skates at the end of the season. And of course, you can't talk about 2012 without talking about Dustin Brown. But before we get to that, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bilt Bar, because if you don't know what Bilt Bar is, first off, that must mean it's your first time listening to this show. But uh, good luck or, or you know, congratulations, I guess, because uh, it's time to learn about Bilt Bars. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars. And one of my favorite things about it, other than the fact that it doesn't taste like you're eating something healthy, is that they're always coming up with brand new flavors, new exciting things to uh, get you eating healthy snacks that also happen to taste great. Their newest flavor is called mud pie, which doesn't sound like thrilling. It sounds, you're like a mud pie. What's a mud pie? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, here you go. This is for you. It has rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse, smothered in 100% real chocolate, and topped with cookies and cream crumble. So I am uh, pretty excited to try that. That is right up my alley. So you've got to try the new mud pie built bar as soon as possible. And of course, it is a limited edition flavor. So you got to make sure to get to built.com to check it out as soon as you can. Uh, built bars are great for you in terms of being low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, high fiber, and all of the things that are good for you happen to be in these built bars. So go to built.com right now, use the promo code locked15, and you get 15% off your order of mud pie built bars or any of their other awesome flavors. So that is built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. All right, it is time to talk about Dustin Brown. First off, does it feel like 2012 was 10 years ago? No, it doesn't. And when I, I, you know, when I think about working at some place for 20 years, mm -hmm. it still blows my mind that that's, that that's happened. But uh, you know, getting a little bit older now, I'm in my early 50s. Uh, I certainly don't feel like it. Um, I, you know, things go by so quickly. Um, but no, to answer your question, it, it doesn't seem like 10 years ago. Uh, but now we're we're being faced kind of with the reality that, mm -hmm. you know, we've only got three left now from that team and Kopitar and Quick and, and Dowdy. Um, and, you know, the, it, it, Dustin Brown has now left us. And, and how much longer will these guys have to go? Hopefully a few more years and hopefully maybe another Stanley Cup to lift over the head before they call it a career. But yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago. But I mean, we really did see Dustin Brown grow up from a teenager yeah. when he joined the Kings to a, a grown man with a lot of kids <laughs> and, and uh, you know, a family man and, and just one of the most respected Kings of all time. Yeah, he uh, I feel like has gone about life just like so quietly that, you know, you you forget how much he means, not just to the team on the ice, but also to the community. I know that he, you know, he's involved in a ton of stuff. I know his wife is involved with youth hockey programs with the Kings. Um, of course, his kids. I mean, if Dustin Brown wants a job with the Kings, he has it. Yeah. Do doesn't matter what it is. If, if, if his job wants to be like running the Zamboni, I think they'll let Dustin Brown mm -hmm. <laughs> run the Zamboni. 
Um, but it's very weird to think of a Kings team without him. Like you said, like we, we've watched him grow up on this team. Uh, you know, you've watched him go from, you know, maybe a guy who played a little bit too far over the line sometimes to a player who had a more well-rounded game, the ups and downs of his career, you know, uh, Daryl Sutter kind of jamming him on the fourth line because he didn't know what to do with them. And then him kind of putting his game back together over the past couple of years. It's been, I, I think for me, I was most satisfied to see him kind of get to go out on his own terms and kind of get to say, you know what? I'm done instead of there being some sort of, you know, catastrophic injury or getting so bad in terms of like performance where you're like, Ooh, like, you know, you don't want to yeah. see him end up a healthy scratch. Like at, right. at this point you want him to be able to say like, I gave it my all. And that team, that team, you know, it, it's sad that they couldn't get past Edmonton, but it is what it is. But you, you could tell they were playing for him in that series. Yeah, I, I think he had a phenomenal career. Um, he, he's going to have his number 23 in the rafters uh, there at crypto.com arena, which is still, I'm still trying to figure that out. But, um, you know, I just the thing that I, I remember most or that I really about Dustin Brown is the, the grace and the class that he handled having the C taken off his jersey. Mm-hmm. You know that had to be really bitter and yeah. difficult for him. Uh, thankfully he and Kobe obviously are so close and such brothers that that mm-hmm. helped that transition. Um, and, and I think you saw that a lot at the end and Andre mm-hmm. letting him wear the C that mm-hmm. one final time was so awesome. Yeah. Um, just the way he handled that whole thing, cause that could have been something that could have mm-hmm. been a real distraction and he yeah. never allowed it to be. And the same thing with how he decided to announce calling a career. Mm-hmm. Not that we didn't know the end was coming, but you know, the way he did it so almost, you know, just on the down low and this is yeah. it. And, and just, that's him. He's very, yeah. he's very classy. Um, just a guy who I always respected, led by example, not by a lot of his words. Certainly there was a leadership aspect that we didn't see a lot behind closed mm-hmm. doors and in the locker room, but um, he's going to be missed. And at the same time, I do kind of feel like it was time that you mm-hmm. know, he went out on his own terms. A lot of professional athletes don't get to do that. So as much as we'll miss him, I do kind of feel like it was the right time and he did it his way and I'm happy for him in that regard. And I hope he does stick around in some capacity with the organization because um, I, I think, I just hope he can stick around somehow and, and be a part of the Kings because it feels like, you know, this guy's one of the greatest Kings of all time. Yeah, yeah. I think I would love to see him move to kind of like a prospect role or development role, like having him as someone who can mentor young kids who are coming into the program, who are, you know, first year pros. Um, I mean, imagine you're stepping into the Kings locker room, the rain locker room for the first time, and there's Dustin Brown to help you get acclimated and to help teach you what it's like to be a professional hockey player. And, you know, this is a guy who for as physical and heavy as his game was like remarkably durable, like he, clearly, you know, knows how to treat his body and knows how to keep himself healthy and, you know, probably played through things that we wish he wouldn't have played through, but you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's hockey, but I'd, I'd love to see him in some kind of development role because yeah, what, what better mentor for kids, especially if you're looking at guys who you might be pegging as future leaders for the team, um, who, who better to set them up with than Dustin Brown, because 
yeah, the, the the whole thing where everyone where he wore the C for the last game, like that was just you know you're watching, you're yeah. like oh oh you like as yeah. soon as you realize what's happening, you're like oh now I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I didn't see that coming, but when it mm -hmm. happened, I just thought, wow, that's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it it really was, and yeah, that 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 whole thing was so much drama, and of course. You know, it gets amplified by media, it gets amplified by fans, but at, at, at the core of it, you have two guys who are in positions they didn't want to be in. You know, no. I don't think that Kopitar was like, ha ha, like, no. I know what I'm right. going to do to my best friend. Like, management made this decision and, you know, you go with it. You can't. <laughs> You can't go to, you know, Dean Lombardi or whoever and be like, oh, actually, don't, I, I don't want the C. Like, yeah, is that, that's not yeah, how it's going to work. <laughs> they, they both got put in a tough situation, and it's a credit to both of those guys how they handled it and, yeah. and move forward with it. And, and I honestly, I would expect nothing less, but at the same time, it was still was, was great to see. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a really whole changing of the guard in – Southern California hockey with um, Ryan Getzloff also announcing that he's done. And those are two heavy hitters that, you know, you're, you're going to miss seeing them play against each other. You're going to miss those, you know, the, the teams are always going to hate each other, but the history just goes so goes back so far between, between those guys and both of them, both of them saying they're done. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, it's one of the great things about sports though. It's, players come and go and now it's time for for other players to take a, a greater role and i think that's going to be one of the storylines for the kings next season of course we've got kopitar we've got dowdy we've got quick um but who are some of the other guys that are going to take a step forward adrian kempe obviously mm -hmm. took a big step in his performance this year i wouldn't be surprised to him also take a greater role in the leadership as well and, and other players will have to step up so that'll be another story going forward for next season that's a great uh a great question that I feel like has come up when I've talked to a lot of other people uh, or have been doing kind of, you know, proposals on who might get traded or whatever is Adrian Kempe always comes up because he, you know, he finally broke out. The team finally was like, oh, you really are a winger. You're not a center. Let's put you back <laughs> where you belong. And then he has this fantastic season. So do you think that like that is the real Adrian Kempe? Do we think that he, he's going to do that again next season or was this just a anomaly? I, my, it's a great question, and obviously the contract year, we've seen players, mm -hmm. you know, when they've got money on the line, suddenly mm -hmm. they come alive uh, and cash in. My gut feeling, though, is I think that Adrian Kempe, I think this is the real Adrian Kempe. I really do. It took a little longer, maybe, than we would hoped, mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and that is the way with some players. It just takes them a little longer to develop, and he finally broke through, and I, I feel like it just seemed to me in his attitude that he's like, mm -hmm. okay now i've mm -hmm. it's happened mm -hmm. they're giving me the responsibility i'm taking advantage of it and this is where i belong um you know we'll see with with everything that happened this year you know there were a lot of great strides but if it doesn't turn into something else that you build on or are consistent with it doesn't really matter what we did this past year so we've got to build on it going forward but my gut feeling is that that's the real adrian kibbe that he broke through and now this is the guy we're going to see going forward um, I just love the way he carried himself. There were even times early on in that series against Edmonton where it wasn't coming for him and he mm -hmm. still played a hard game. Mm -hmm. He's still back checking. He's still doing things to contribute. And then finally he breaks free. He gets the overtime game winner. And mm -hmm. we're like, this is the guy, you know, somebody on this, this team had to assert themselves offensively. And, yeah. and he, he did it this year. I, I really am 
I have a good feeling about that this is the Adrian Kempe we're going to see going forward, but he still has to prove it. Yeah. And, you know, for years we've been saying, you know, why don't we, why, why isn't there someone with Andre Kopitar who can score? You know, like, you know, people love Alex Iafalo for what he brings in terms of, you know, defense and, you know, being hard to play against, whatever. Dustin Brown had had that spot for years and years, and we love Dustin Brown. But you want someone who is an elite scorer with, yeah. the guy who's going to help set him up. And for years, it's like, why isn't anything working? Uh, surprise, they put Kempe there and he goes off for, you know, what, 35 goals. Uh, Kopitar leads the point, the team in points again. Um, yeah, I really hope this is something, you know, sustainable and that, you know, the Kings are looking for deals to make over this over the offseason at the trade deadline. Um, you know, I, just the other day we talked with um, – the host of Locked on Wild, we were talking about Kevin Fiala and we're talking about this. And I had the vision in my head of Andre Kopitar with Kevin Fiala and Adrian Kempe on his wings. And I was like, that's like a million goals <laughs> right there. Like, just amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, you do. You do certainly get the feeling that the, the Kings do need another piece. And it's going to be yeah. really intriguing to see what Rob Blake does uh, and what direction they go in uh, to bring somebody else in. So We've seen young players take a step forward. We've seen, a, you know, some veteran, young veterans like Kempe mm -hmm. step forward. Um, you know, hopefully Philip Deneau has a similar type year, which mm -hmm. was a career year for him. Hopefully Trevor Moore can still do what he did mm -hmm. last year. But there's still, is there's, you know, Victor Arvidsson hopefully healthy and mm -hmm. ready to be a, a contributor. But there's still, it feels like there's still one other offensive piece that they need to add to get where they want to go. And so, yeah, uh, it's going to be really intriguing to see what Rob Blake decides to do because I think we've got a lot of great young pieces that are coming forward, but there's mm -hmm. still a spot to be added to supplement the scoring that we have. Yeah. So if you're Rob Blake and you're picking up your phone, you're going to call another GM to say, I want your guy. Who are you calling? Uh, well, I, I don't, I like Kevin Fiala. Uh, that's not bad. Um, I, I, I don't know if I have any names really specifically right, right now to, to, to give you, but um there's obviously some very talented players out there that are going to be available. How does it all fit in what the Kings are trying to do? They've got some decisions to make on who they're going to resign and who they're not going to resign. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, I've, 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 I know Rob Blake just got the extension. I thought very well deserved. I, I think he's done a great job putting this team back together. And the additions, I mean, look, um, Philip Deneau and Victor Arvidsson were both great additions last year. Um, Alex Edler, you know, up and down, obviously the injury issue as well. But if he can make another addition or two like he did this past offseason, um, then we're looking great for next year. And one other thing that I, I want to get, I always like to get to pick other people's brains because, you know, on the show, I get to talk to myself a lot about the Kings and what I think. And I get to pull other people in and get their thoughts on things. And I always love talking about goaltending, partly because it's a position that is very mysterious to me. Um, as someone who like thinks it would be cool to be a goaltender, but knows that I 100% don't have the personality to be a goaltender, I'd just be mad all the time and everything. Like that probably doesn't mm. doesn't work. But it's it's just it's so fascinating to try to figure out what happened, why like what what what's going on? Like why did Cal Peterson regress? Is Jonathan? Are we going to see the same Jonathan Quick again next season? Is Cal Peterson going to like? get it together like what what is your outlook for the kings in that next year uh i don't know 
I really, I really, I don't have a great feeling about it. I guess on the one hand, um, you see, you mentioned Mike Smith earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's I mean, Jonathan Quick's a few years younger than Mike Smith, and he got a team to the conference final. So, yeah. can Jonathan Quick do it? I think he can. Um, but do they want him to do it? Um, they've made a commitment to Cal Peterson, yeah. and you're right. They they gave him a lot of opportunities, and. He never seemed to grab the reins. There were times he looked really good, and there were mm-hmm. times he looked pretty average. So I'm, you know, that's one of the big question marks for the Kings going into next season. What's going to happen in net? It seems to me like they've kind of resigned themselves to the fact that this this is the tandem. We're not bringing mm-hmm. anyone else in. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, we'd love to have Quick Bear as, you know, the backup and the mentor. And if something happens, mm-hmm. we're, we have, we're confident in him. But I think they want to see Cal finally yeah. assert himself and 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 take the reins and be and prove to everyone he's not just a good backup or a 1B mm-hmm. kind of guy that he's a he's a legitimate number one goaltender he didn't do it last year i think they're giving, they're going to give him every chance to try and prove it again this year but you know for like the kings i think they're going to be in a similar situation where they'll be in the hunt for a playoff spot but i you know i don't see them finishing first or second probably in the division right. it's going to be third or a wild card so those wins and those points are going to matter. So uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to see if, if Cal can can come in and really come in with the mindset and mm-hmm. uh, and grab that number one job. I don't know how it's going to work out right now. Yeah, and it's uh, I I feel like there's going to be a point in the season where if he hasn't, if he is still kind of struggling, one good game, one bad game, kind of like we saw from him this year. Um, if I'm Rob Blake, I'm getting nervous because I'm yeah. looking at the rest of the pipeline and. There, there, there's not, there's no one there you can do a swap with and say, all right, we're bringing up this guy. We're done. Like there, there's, they, they, they got nothing. Um, yeah. They have good prospects who are far away from making an impact at the NHL. But if something happens next year and we, we've, the Kings have seen Kings fans know uh, exactly what happens when your first top two goaltenders go down. Like <laughs> you've seen it. Uh, it. It is sort of how the, you know, legend of Peter Budai got started, but, uh, you, you, you don't have, they don't even have a Peter Budai in the system right now. Yeah, so yeah. It's, I mean, and sometimes it takes time. Look at Jack Campbell. I mean, how long, how many years did he toil after being a high draft yeah. pick before he finally got his chance? And I'm not saying he's necessarily the answer in Toronto or wherever he goes, but at least he finally established himself mm-hmm. as a number one goalie. And it took him a while and it took him some opportunities. So maybe it's, this it takes, Cal a little bit longer, but it is it is a big year for him personally. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and the the, the Kings are just gonna have to be hoping that he bounces back and that Jonathan Quick continues to be Jonathan Quick for, for as long as they need him. And you know, Kings fans want that too because he is uh, all gives me anxiety. Maybe a little less anxiety now than he has in years in the past, but uh, just a delight to watch, uh, even when he. You know, the, the saddest thing about Ryan Getzloff retiring is that, you know, he's not going to get to, you know, secretly punch him anymore. <laughs> like, you know, but uh, I, it's going to, that, that's one of the biggest question marks, I think, going into the season for the Kings um, is what, what in the world is going on back there. Um, yeah. So it has been a delight having you on the show, oh. getting to know you, getting to know uh, how you found the Kings. And of course, sharing some uh, reminiscence, reminiscences, I don't think either of those are words, about Dustin Brown, who uh, 
is always going to be beloved by Kings fans. I'm excited to have you back on the show in the future to keep talking about the Kings and uh, looking forward to next season. But until we do that, uh, where can people find you online, on the radio, your other podcast? Uh, where, where can people find the stuff? Uh, well, um, on the Fox Sports Radio Network, uh, our affiliate in Los Angeles is AM570 LA Sports. Uh, I'm, I do an overnight show with a guy named Ben Maller, which is uh, really interesting. You never know what kind of crazy characters will be calling into the show. And I mean that sincerely. Uh, and then I do an East Coast morning show uh, with a couple of guys, a um, couple of old uh, college football stars and num former number one draft picks, uh, Brady Quinn uh, and LeVar Arrington. Uh, matter of fact, Brady Quinn's brother-in-law is playing in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, former LA King Jack Johnson is married to his sister. So we've been talking... We've been talking a little Stanley Cup final on the show, which is great. Um, also, uh, I've got the Puck Podcast, which is a weekly NHL recap show, which you can find on iTunes and, and various other places. You see me on Twitter there at Eddie on Fox. Um, so uh, great. Eddie Kings fans, love to re reach out and talk to you and, and, and keep base. And looking forward to coming back on the show with you, Sarah, and, and contributing uh, to Locked on LA Kings in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for people who are looking for me. You can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. The show is on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Uh, give me a follow. Say hello. We're getting into the draft soon, so you'll get to start learning about some prospects the Kings could have their eye on. Or, you know, maybe we trade that pick. So we'll talk about that, too. Uh, all of that coming up on future episodes of Locked on Los Angeles Kings, available wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you are subscribed, getting notifications, telling your friends, and uh, Tuning in every day here on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.